Merry Christmas. It's good to see you today. Next weekend, I want to talk to you about being a miracle starter in 2017. How does God want to use you? One of the things that I love about the Christmas season, there's so many things about the Christmas season that, that I, I enjoy. The family time that we get, the time that we get to celebrate as a church, uh, the, the, the decorations that go up and all of the things that happen and, and the gifts that uh, I get to give and the gifts that come my way, those are fun. But one of the things I really like about Christmas is I, I love the lights. Do you like the lights? Uh, some, of them, some of them are really classy. I think they did a pretty classy job up here, don't you? Yeah, it looks nice, doesn't it? Some of them are uh, a bit more gaudy, but they're kind of brighten up the night anyway. I, I just, I love, the, I love the lights. You know, in central Illinois, we've just passed through uh, the darkest day of the year. And uh, the leaves are off the trees. They're kind of barren. The grass is kind of brown. Uh, the weather is a bit gloomy. But to see the lights of Christmas begins to brighten up the day. The lights begin to remind us that it's a merry Christmas, not a, a sad day, but a rejoicing day. But, but here's the point I want to make to you tonight in these few minutes we have together is that if you miss the meaning of the decorations, you can really miss the fullness of what Christmas is about. Christmas lights are supposed to remind us that Jesus is the light of the world. The scripture that was read earlier in the video in, in Isaiah chapter 9, a portion of it says this, the people walked in darkness, who walked in darkness, have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of deep darkness, a light has shined upon them. John writes about this when he starts his great gospel message talking about Jesus he says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God he was in the beginning with God all things were made through him and without without him was not anything made that has been made in him was life and the life was the light of men the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Later in the Gospel of John, he will quote the words of Jesus in John chapter 8 where he says, Again, Jesus spoke to them and said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That it's fabulous news. And today, I just want to remind you of what that means to us when we see the lights of Christmas. And I want to, to remind you and, and, and that when you see those lights, to just remember, this is about Jesus. He is the light of the world. What we see happening in today, in the world today, is a result of darkness. Darkness disables our ability to see and to know. When you try to navigate in the darkness and you don't have a light, you can get in trouble in a hurry. 
When you make a decision that is uninformed, you don't know all the circumstances, you're making a decision in the dark and you can easily get yourself into trouble or make the wrong decision. When you need to see clearly and you are in the dark, it becomes impossible. I remember years ago, uh, there was a bunch of junior hires that, that my wife and I were working with at that time and we had, had a meal with them and shared some time with them, had a devotional time with them and talked to them about some things that were coming up. And as we wrapped up the evening, the parents weren't quite there to pick them up yet. And, and, uh, and, and they, you know, wanted to play, so they were playing around. And, and some of them went outside. It was a dark night. They'd gone outside. And before long, a young man comes running into the house. And his mouth is bleeding holding his mouth and what, what, what happened to you? I, I, I was running and I ran into something. We're like, you were running in the dark? Yes, I was running, I ran. And, he's, and so we start trying to patch him up and get him settled in and about that time, by the time we got there, a young lady came running in and the top of her head was bleeding. So what, what happened? I, I, I was running and I ran into something and we looked closely at her head and it looked like two teeth marks were right the top of her head running in the dark is dangerous today in the world you and I live in we see the results of billions of people running in the dark terrorism wars murders murders on our streets abuse, crime, hate. We can go on and on. Most of us in this room have some pain in our lives from somebody in our lives that's running in the dark. We may have pain that we're causing ourselves because we're running in the dark. Our lives are influenced by people running in the dark. We experience the darkness in our relationships, we experience the darkness in our culture's values and how they harm one another. We experience the darkness in responses and sometimes in our own responses and in our addictions and we definitely experience the darkness in our grief. But here is the good news. The good news is that Jesus is the light of the world. And we can begin to walk in that light. But we need Jesus in our dark world. We need to invite him into our dark world to bring his light to bear in our dark world. The Bible makes it very clear to us where our world is dark. First of all, it's dark in reference to evil. One writer put it this way. He says, look at what's happening at the time of Jesus' birth. Violence, injustice, abuse of power, homelessness, refugees fleeing oppression, families ripped apart in grief. Does that sound similar to anybody, familiar to anyone? We live in a world where evil abounds around us. Where people make terrible decisions because they're running in the darkness. They can be big, worldwide impacting decisions. Or they can be small, relational decisions. 
But when we walk in the darkness, we don't know where we're going. We don't know how to do the right thing. We do it out of our own intelligence instead of out of God's intelligence. And when we do that, we are part of the pain and the suffering of the world. Jesus comes to bring light that reveals evil and brings conviction because this evil that's in us is in us because we are separated from God in the first place and our our selfish, self-seeking nature begins to work out its way. We get an idea and it seems right when it's wrong and we begin to work it out in our own way and it brings suffering into this world. I had someone contact me even today about a a family this week whose dad had gotten mad. Now think about this. Dad gets mad, takes all the kids' Christmas presents out and burns them. That's evil. That's darkness. It happens in little ways. It happens in big ways. Where darkness grabs a hold of our life and we think that we're justified and We're smart in our decision. And we don't even know it's beating from a dark heart that needs the light of Christ to reign in it. The other way that our world is dark is is this. No one knows how to fix it. We think we know how to fix it. A lot of people think they can get it together. But in Isaiah chapter 8, he describes a frustrated people, a hurting people, people turning, turning to mediums and to advisors that have no answer. They're angry at the government. They're angry at God. They're angry at everything going on around them. They're frustrated in their condition. And the, and the, and the word is very clear. This is happening because you're walking in darkness. And then it turns to chapter 9, and it says these great words. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of deep darkness want on them the light has shone. You, you have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as joy with the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. He's telling them, when this light dawns upon us, there's rejoicing that happens. There is peace that happens. There is harvest that happens when we get the joy of the light of who Christ is inside of our lives. He goes on, to te- goes on to tell them, for the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. He's reminding them of the great freedom that comes when God destroys the oppressors. For every boot and the trampling warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of, his, and, and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David over his kingdom to establish it and to up, uh, uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Amen. 
What this passage is telling us is that as we walk in the darkness of this world, separated from God, a child is going to come, and when he establishes himself, his government is going to increase, his rule is going to increase, and the people that it increases upon, he's going to counsel them, he's going to bring peace to them, he's going to guide them, and there'll be nothing that'll be able to overcome them. There is hope. There is the hope of Jesus, the light of the world. We should rejoice at Christmas time because we have a place to turn and find the light. For, listen, it's not the musicians of the day. If you listen to the musicians of the day, if you fill your ears up with the secular words of the musicians of the day, if you go watch their life for five minutes, you'll find they're just as lost in the darkness as anybody else is. And they'll fill you with a philosophy that'll lead your life further down the path of darkness. It's not in the modern day pundits or politicians of the day. I've been listening to some of them as they've been, you know, talking about how we can fix everything. And I just want to look at them and say, no, we can't. We can do a few things, but unless God's in it, we can't fix a thing. Their lives are as up and down as anybody else's life is up and down. We need a more solid light than that. It's not going to be found in the authors of the day. There's already been a book that's authored that reveals the light. We just need to know that one. Hear me tonight. Christmas tells us something very serious as we celebrate and rejoice. It does not say, cheer up, pull yourself together. The positive attitude can make it. If you work hard enough, you'll be okay. There's a great answer within you. Be an overcomer. Be optimistic. If you just try hard enough, you're going to succeed. No, here's what Christmas says. Christmas says things are really bad. In fact, things are terrible. They're dark. They're in deep darkness. And you can't fix it on your own. Christmas, said, Christmas gives us no hope that we can do it on our own. We can't save ourselves. But Christmas says we are in darkness, but the light has come. The light has come. And the hope for our life is not a light that comes from within us. It's not a light that comes from other men. It's not a light that comes from our culture. It's a light that comes from heaven that shines upon us, explodes within us, and brings us into the truth of that light. When you get tired enough of the pain of the darkness, there is good news. Jesus has come. We sang this song tonight, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. We hear it in many places this time of year. Many of us have sang it so many times, we just kind of almost sing it by rote memory and we don't stop and think about it too much. But I want you to listen quickly to the answers that Jesus brings into our life. Over the last few weeks, we've been talking about this fact of if you want Christmas to really be meaningful, set, your, set some time alone, get by yourself, and think about what it means that Jesus is the Son of God. Think about the things he proclaims to us and he says to us for our life. Don't get so busy, caught up doing all the things of Christmas that you miss what Christmas is really about. And in Hark the Herald Angels Sing, 
this song reminds us of the deep, deep meaning of Christmas. First of all, it talks about who he is. Who is Jesus? And it says, he is the everlasting Lord. Come from the highest heaven. Jesus isn't just somebody else. He has been sent here on a mission. What did he come to do? What was his mission? It says it right in the middle of this song. God and sinners reconciled. He comes to take us living in darkness and to bring the light of the gospel to us. How does he accomplish that? He lays his glory down that we no more may die. He comes to rescue us from the penalty of sin, to pay the price of that penalty, laying his glory down that we may experience his glory and we may walk in his life. And how can that be ours? Listen, it's ours through what is called a second birth, through an inward spiritual regeneration that is so radical that it can only be described as us being reborn with a new nature by the power of God. Nothing that we have done on our own but what God does for us. Listen, friend. As we walk through this, this time as, of Christmas as Christians, we need to remember that Jesus is the light of the world. And as we walk through this world thinking about Jesus being the light of the world, we need to turn to him day after day, hour after hour, and ask him to inform us how we should live our life. We should look for his revelation for us to teach us how to have our relationships, to teach us how to raise our kids, to teach us how to respond in this world, to teach us how to walk in this world. Otherwise, we're just running in the dark. And friend, if you're here today and you've never experienced the light of this world, you're running on your own. We want to tell you this is the greatest news for all mankind that Jesus has come, that you can have a rebirth, that your destiny can be heaven, and that your life on this earth can be ordered by him and you can be part of the light. And right now, standing in this place as we sing in these next few moments, you can very simply say to the Lord, I want to put my faith in Jesus to be my Savior in heaven and to be my Lord upon this earth, I want your life to begin, your light to begin to dwell in me. And he will answer that prayer. He will move in your life and you can begin a new walk with him. He's made it simple for every one of us. But Christians, hear me. Let's be the light of the world as Jesus shines through us. I, I just want us to sing this song again tonight. And as we sing this song, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, look, look deeply at the words that we're singing. Don't just let them roll by, but think deeply about them. And what the author of this song is revealing to us about Jesus, the light of the world.